This is the 20th season of Bass Talk Live. BTL is presented by Bass Cat Boats, Strike King Lures, Aftco, Pro Guide Batteries, Shoreline Boat and RV Repair, Spro, Gamakatsu, Big Bite Baits, The Bass Tank, Denali Rods, Beatdown Outdoors, and Sunline. BTL, coming at you! Good morning, and welcome to another exciting edition of BTL Bass Talk Live, where we are going to talk about bass fishing. It is Tuesday, January 23rd, and we are uh, 4th to 6th, so we're five days away from professional bass fishing action getting back underway with the the BPT is kicking off on Toledo Bend, the NPFL is kicking off, uh, but like I said yesterday, uh, on Sunday, a uh, little, little weather inclement here in uh, in Oklahoma, and I did see that uh, Jason Christie and I do have something in common. We both busted our ass on the driveway, stepping outside to see how icy it is. Uh, I got a little bit of a collarbone issue going on, but uh, we're all good. So the MPFL is kicking off, and then I, I turned on TV on Sunday morning, got a cup of coffee, and I've, I finally have my whole house, which I'm not... I like it when it works, when the internet goes down, which you guys know I've been struggling with lately. It's not fun to have a smart house where, you know, one of your security systems, all of your TVs, your internet, everything is connected to one thing. And then when that goes down, you got nothing. So uh, I had the smart TV, got everything up and rolling, turn it on and I live fishing. There were like 700 people watching it on uh, YouTube. I don't really do the Facebook thing. So I think they're streaming live on Facebook, but it was the ABT top 100 and Kay Donaldson was on there and uh, Luke Duncan was commentating it and he was on the water which reminded me of the days with Harold Allen out there on the water you know breaking down what was going on and Harold talking back to the studio well Mark so you know I shot him a text anyway I watched it till they went off air and I thought you know what I don't think we've had well I know we haven't had uh, Luke Duncan on the show with Jeffries was writing it <laughs> But, but we haven't had Luke on since I took it over either. And with the ABT going down and the MPFL kicking off, now would be a great time to have uh, the host of Luke Duncan's LBL on the show. There he is right What's there up, buddy? <laughs> from from Tennessee. Thanks for jumping on uh, BTL, Luke. Greatly appreciated on a, a frosty Tuesday morning. It's freezing cold there too, isn't it? Well, so actually uh, I woke up this morning. We've got a lot of rain, so we are getting out of the winter wonderland. Thank the Lord, because I, my kids haven't been to school in like eight days and I'm over that and the roads being terrible. So we're uh, in the forties this morning. It feels like a heat wave. It is. So like I said, I texted you, uh, that was ABT was, was interesting. That reminded me of like the 2013 classic or, uh casey was it casey ashley's classic yes. on uh Hartwell? now obviously fishing for thirty five thousand and not uh, three hundred thousand or five hundred thousand like it was back then but a, a stout field uh that is i talk a lot about uh premier team trails here we have a number in oklahoma uh with the nickels and the skeeter xfl obviously down in texas if you watch castle dines channel he catches a lot dominates a lot down that down there but uh 
this is one of probably the top three premier team trails in the country now uh, that's really come on strong and you're like the voice of it now. That's scary, but yes, it's, it's true. I, I worked some for Miss Kay last year, filling in for Robbie Floyd and, and we were able to uh, kind of put our heads together this year. And I'm going to be doing the majority of those this year. I've got a couple I've got to sit out because of MPFL conflicts, but uh, I agree with you, man. I've competed in the ABT 100s. I fished actually the inaugural season she had back in 2014, I believe. Uh, the Alabama Bass Trail is truly, as far as competition goes, the way it's ran, uh, it's it's one of the premier team trails in this country that that deserves its place up there with all those great ones you mentioned. Now, have I been living under a rock, or did you guys do a ton of uh, additions this year to the coverage, to sponsorship-wise, to everything to make this thing accessible? Because I'm like, here I am. I'm watching a team trail in Alabama sitting in my living room in Shawnee, Oklahoma. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's that's amazing. When when I got your text, man, I told you, and I, I wasn't kidding. It, it really made me proud. I'm like, dang, we're getting we're getting out there today. So this is, I believe, year three of the live coverage, and uh, it really started small. And she's she's you know considerably uh, added to it. We added Darian Craig to the to the broadcast team this year out on the water. We got Jason Duran. He's been there since the beginning. I know Jason. <laughs> with her and he does a fantastic job jason's passion for the sport and uh, his knowledge is is just awesome so we go out on the water and then Kay hosts from there at the uh at the landing and then i'm doing the weigh-ins as well so uh wearing a lot of hats but man it's uh and it's it for me going into it robbie floyd you and i are, are bass fishing nerds and robbie floyd's been a guy that his voice his face he's been on the classic uh broadcast for years so filling his shoes was something that i'll be honest i was a little nervous about going in because he does such a great job but uh, i was honored that she asked me to be a part of the team whatever i think of robbie floyd i always think of him doing the interviews when it's like day one two or three of the classic and these guys are like just balls to the wall running down the lake and robbie's like tell us about your childhood growing yeah. up and fishing and the guy's like all bundled up and he's like i'm just trying to get to my spot <laughs> leave me alone robbie yeah uh a lot of big names that are fishing this ABT. One that stuck out to me right off the hopper was a guy who won it was uh, Andrew Loberg, who yes. I believe relocated recently over this past year to Alabama. Young 20-year-old something kid fishing with Jed Lamb. Like I said, I don't know all these Alabama legends, so so yeah. Jed might have carried that team. But Andrew Loberg uh, has won an FLW, strikes me as probably one of the next West. Well, he's here already, the next kind For of sure torch carrier for the west coast did you you got a chance to know him pretty well oh yeah you know and, and you and i was we were talking you would text about andrew he impressed you you know in his early years same with me man he uh just a fantastic kid i had him on the show a couple of years ago and it's funny Kay and i were doing the abt podcast last week and he was my they were my dark horse choice i'm like you know like when that turns out like that yeah no doubt makes you look like a genius but but i said you know this guy he's he's been he lives in gunnersville now i see him on the water all the time see him posting he's out there this is actually his first trip to logan martin and uh and jed is a fantastic angler in his own right but i believe this is only maybe his second season with the abt he fished with a different partner last year so he's got loberg this year and man they just seem like they uh they really complement each other and and to go out and win on a 14 degree morning and do what they did. He said they had two bites in practice. They just kind of sat in that area and Loberg's here to stay. He's one of those bright spots in the sport. And I believe going to the opens this year to, to try to make the elites. 
Oh, he's fishing the opens too. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, he told me that on Sunday. So, oh, geez. Godspeed, boys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, have I been living under a rock, or is this was this your first like on the water coverage, or did you do it last year too? So I did two events last year for her. Okay. I filled in, and uh, that but that was my first time doing that. You know, with MPFL obviously in the studio. Yep. And, uh, and, and fat cat used to do the on the water for MPFL. And it was always fun. He's like, man, it's crazy. You're running around out there. It's, it's hard to know what you should be doing. Shouldn't be doing And And it's, uh, Kay is very organized though. I'm, I'm, they have, you know, trackers on, they pick about 20 anglers that they feel like, you know, are the hammers on those lakes. And then, uh, everybody has identification on their boat. So, you know, like flagging tape, so you can, you can spot the ABT anglers out there and in the one hundreds, it's a little tougher because that is a small field. And a lot of the, the lakes are so big, mm -hmm. uh, but in the regular team series, there's two twenty five. So you get to talk to a lot of the anglers and uh, man, I really enjoyed it last year getting to do it just because you, you're going up. I mean, now sometimes you get the, and I said this during the meeting the other night, I'm like, Hey, when I pull up, don't give me the skunk eye. Like don't, don't turn around. Cause you get that from some of these boys, man, they're sitting on a juice hole and they're like, Hey, I know this dude. I, back up why are you here and, I, and then the camera guy pops up thank god and i'm like hey it's just just luke with uh abt and i get that because they work very hard for these spots for sure uh, harold was always he was always about that with the camera boat driver and like sometimes we would end up like in a pickle thank god that when when we were on the water covering it for bass zone like forward facing sonar wasn't a thing because i would yeah. hate to do on the water coverage now because you legitimately have no clue where the hell these guys are going and then all of a sudden yes. they're sitting in your lap that was we we covered the second place team uh zeke gossett ethan king who are just stone cold all over alabama but especially the coosa river and they were they were doing that they were fishing this this deep stretch fish and suspended fish in the cold and I, i'm like hey guys can i can i get right here and they had one fish when i pulled up well, dude they catch three the second we get there and I'm looking on the the boat that we had borrowed that we were using, bait everywhere. I'm seeing fish everywhere on sonar. I'm like, hey, am I good right here? And all of a sudden, they would like turn and throw towards me. Like, yeah, you're good. I, it made me a nervous wreck, man. We were on them for over an hour. And uh, I finally just backed as far away as I could where we could still stay in, stay in frame and, and you know, communicate with them. But no, this forward-facing sonar deal. So Darian and Jason both are like, man, you can never be in the right position because you feel like you're in the way. We had one at uh, St. John's River. They ran all the way. I can't remember the name of that lake down where the manatees are. You run all the way through where all the eelgrass was when they were bedding. Gr what? Is it Crescent? No, not no, it's not Crescent. It's clear. Anyway, they were all in this, this massive eelgrass flat. Even Van Dam was bed fishing in it with everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how. And uh, we were pulled down watching a guy bed fish. And Harold, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say a word. Carol goes, shit. And I said, what? And he goes, there's a big one right next to the power pole. <laughs> and uh, he looked back, and then another guy rolls up, and we're like right on the fish that he just drove 40 miles to. We thought we were out in the middle of nowhere because you oh, know it's Florida. Uh, so as it turns out, the guy's like, dude, I, I, he knew who Harold was, and Harold, we can't say anything then. And the dude yeah. ended up catching that sucker off of the power pole. No way. <laughs> before we moved harold's like we're done we're gonna go chase the guys chasing the tide but yeah it's a it's a uh 
it's a tough way to make a living beyond the water. Yeah. You know, we do four hours out there and it's, it was a tough way to make a living on Sunday when we took off and it was 14. Of course I, I, I did the blast off, you know, the MC. So I have to send all hundred boats out there fishing. I had ice in my beard by the time that was done. And, uh, and then we got on the water and chased them around. But, uh, it is certainly, you know, because you're dealing with the same conditions they are essentially yeah. and trying to stay out of their way, trying to be conscious of, of what they're doing. And, and some of these guys love the coverage and some of them don't, to be honest, you know, they, they don't, they might not want to tip their hand, uh, to, to show the competition that they fish on their local lake every week. So it's, uh, it can be an interesting situation, but dude, I, I love it though, because it, this is what I say about live and Dudley used to say this all the time. We live in this era now where we do get to watch everything and, and you do like, it's hard to hide. And if you're not, if you're a bass fishing fan, if you're a tournament angler, if you're not absorbing, just like you sitting in your recliner in Oklahoma, if you're not absorbing all the live that's out there these days, shame on you because dude, you can learn. And I I've been a bass fisherman since I was 10 years old and I learned something watching these guys, whether it's ABT, NPFL, there's plenty that you can pick up on just from staring at that screen. I'm headed to Okeechobee in four days. I never fished there in my life. And I really, I now know how to fish six different types of grass and what to target on strictly by watching YouTube videos. That's it, man. It's unbelievable. There's hours and hours and hours of the best in the business just picking it apart. Uh, let's stick with Logan Martin. And like I said, this is, you're, you're kind of at the, crossroads of this because you're headed right back there for the first npfl of the 2024 season and i am not gonna lie uh i did i mean over the last four years i did not think the words the first tournament of the 2024 npfl season would ever be uttered hey. I, I call it the cat with nine lives that's fair buddy that's fair this league continues <laughs> to surprise me year in after year and every time it gets dealt a death blow it seems to come back stronger and this year it seems like it's the strongest field it's ever been and you got more and more guys that want to fish it how the hell is this league still around luke buddy it, it's not due to me or fat cat i'll say that we man i don't know it it is i love that statement the cat with nine laps because it certainly is you know we we have been through a roller coaster ride we joke all the time it's like after the season we're like well was that it <laughs> was that the last one we we got through six events and and last year to fish with that abbreviated field, right? We had 76 guys. Ownership put their money where their mouth was. They made the payout 100000 They garnered a lot of attention, not only from anglers, but from the industry. There, you know, there's some exciting things going on there sponsorship-wise this year. And some more folks just kind of, as I always say on LBL, they're peeking through the blinds a little bit, you know, trying to see, all right, is this thing on stable footing now? And and you're right. We got 127 uh names this year and and a lot of them are familiar faces to us that have fished with us every year a lot of them are familiar faces to bass fishing fans we've got some legends we've got some hungry rookies some new faces so look man i i'm grateful it's my favorite thing i get to do i love sitting in the studio and commentating and uh and i believed in this thing uh once i i, I when the first announcement let me back up and i've said this many times but when the first announcement came out maybe in 2019 Late 2019, I I, I kind of laughed at. It. I was like, oh, okay, well, here's another trail. And then in 2020, they reached out to me, and uh, they reached out to me to come on the show. And I never would even have them on. It was funny. They'll they'll tell you the story. I like shot them down. I'm like, yeah, okay. Well, you guys don't really you don't have a schedule. You don't have anything. And uh, in late 2020, 
I had them on and we did a live and it was interesting seeing the interaction from fans and, and the questions they had. And I'm like, okay, there's some, there's some interest here. And, uh, they asked if they could have a meeting and they came down here to the, to the bar and grill in Tennessee. And man, when they laid out their overall vision and plan, it just, I, I really did. I bought in and their passion, they do it, uh, kind of like you and I, Matt, bare bones. It's, it's a, it's a small crew that makes it all happen. And if it wasn't for the people that run this, regardless of the issues and, and some of the, some of the things that have happened, right. That have kind of knocked it back. If it wasn't for the people and the character of the people that are in charge, we wouldn't be entering year four. And I, and I, I have a, I just, I believe in them and, and dude, I'll, I'll be honest the industry has said many times, well, it's another mouth to feed. And, and that's true. You know, the industry's small sponsorship dollars uh, aren't just getting handed out around every corner, but they, they bust their butt week in and week out to make this all happen. And dude, not to make money. I mean, trust me, I can tell you these, these guys are, are doing it for, for, you know, for the long haul for the anglers and, and to try to create a different platform and, and they deserve it. They really do. They deserve the industry support. And I, and I feel like uh, now they're getting the angler support. So we'll see, man, year four, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be fun commentating. There's no doubt about that. My problem as a uh, show host trying to cover this is to figure out where the NPFL stands in the list of things, because yeah. at first to me, it seemed like they really highlighted it as a a way to I, I don't want to say get your feet wet but a way to jump in the deep end and then graduate and you see the keith carsons uh and the john soakups and a number of guys who right. have gone on from that but then you saw uh the john cox florida and florida. patrick yeah. and, I always I always say like the other John Cox from Georgia, he's not the other John Cox. He just happens to be another angler Cox. named John Cox. And I said that on a show once and he's like, thank you for not referring to me as the other John Cox. I like the, one, the one and not only John Cox was how yes. I referred to him. But then you see what, uh, you know, you have Williamson and Patrick Walters. And then you see what Patrick's done with that. And then this year you have a bunch of guys. So is it like a lateral move? Is it a standalone move? Is it still being treated as a developer? mental league is it a league where guys who want to fish professionally get beat up by guys who do fish professionally like where does this thing fit in the bigger picture in your opinion and i know that that's a tough question to answer as say, the host and representative of the mpfl yeah no it's it's for me i was gonna say yes all of the above it is uh so i think originally for me and this was kind of some of the stuff when dudley worked with us that first year it had that old school flw tour feel to it right when flw tour was six events and it was for guys that didn't necessarily, they didn't want to be on the elites. They were stone cold fish catchers. They wanted to pay big entry fee, fish for big money, live coverage, all that kind of stuff. That was kind of where, to me, it, it started. You got the way it's set up, uh, several weeks in between events. This year, it's very spaced out. So if you have that full-time career, but you can get away to fish six events, it's kind of that trail for you. Um, you know, Year one, obviously, we didn't have a guy like a Patrick Walters that that wanted to fish with us. Now, year two, there was a lot of, uh, and of course, you know, we had a, I'll say it, a fumble, a disastrous end there to, you know, championship canceled, all that, uh, full transparency in the and league. The after that one. Yeah, it was, it was not fun. That was not a fun few weeks, but we had some gigantic names. I mean, that would blow people's minds that were ready 
and had already paid deposits for year two. When that happened, they pulled out. And so, you know, we didn't have that that kind of attention from those bigger names. And and I don't think, Matt, when, when they started this, I don't think they ever thought that it would be that. I really do think they thought it would be a just another trail that that guys maybe maybe for guys that fish the opens, guys that fish Toyotas, they could go fish another trail. It's got live coverage, uh, but it has morphed into this thing where, like this year, if guys want to add six more tournaments to their schedule, like a Zach Burge. I just had Cal Welcher on, mm-hmm. Patrick Walters, Buddy Gross, David Williams. They can do that, and so I'm glad they're open to that. I'm glad the anglers of the MPFL that have fished all three seasons leading up to this are okay with it. You know, and that's one Drew thing Cook's I'll say. Too, right? What's that? Drew Cook's fishing it too, right? Drew, yeah, Drew Cook can't yeah, leave Drew out. Yeah, Continue. Can't, Sorry. Yeah, I can't leave Drew out. Cal Welcher actually said that on on LBO. He's like Drew Cook too, dude. Drew's. One of the greatest anglers in in the country right now. Uh, Sorry, I broke your train of thought. No, you're no, you're good, man. But I, I think for me, you know, there hasn't been a big pushback from the anglers. If those got go, those guys showed up, it's a really cool community. And even though Patrick, you know, he won a couple of events, he's won three now. Uh, Ty and Taylor Watkins, former MPFL pro for the most number of wins. I've seen those anglers just celebrate that though. They like those guys being there and. And for me, and I feel like you're the same way, Matt. Like if I show up at a 30 boat tournament on Wilson Lake or Pickwick on a Saturday, I don't care that Justin Atkins is in it. I don't care that some of the best guides are in it because if I bring my game that day and I beat them, it makes it that much sweeter. You know, they're friends of mine, but it's like, man, that guy does this for a living. So I don't, I don't understand when people get up in arms about that kind of thing. So uh, that was, I really did not answer your question at all. I don't no, know. I really don't know what our place is. You know, I think it's, we're still sorting it, sorting it out. And I think, you know, I think it speaks to the fact and a lot of people are like, well, it's, you know, it's, they're donating to Patrick or they're donating to so-and-so and such and such. But I think it's so much more than that, man. Cause I, I have a, like a great relationship with the Patrick Walters and he obviously, he loves the, the fact that he's won. He's won on the elites as well. But Patrick loves the league. He loves the atmosphere around it. He loves the other anglers. Like, I, I've had multiple conversations with him, and I think that's why you see one of his best friends, a Drew Cook, show up to fish this year. You you see, you know, Trent Palmer and Mike Corbishley that are friends with Patrick. They all room together, and they, they've been doing this since the beginning, and, and that's why they keep signing up. And all I can hope is, as long as the schedule allows it, that as many people that want to be there from other trails mm-hmm. can be there, you know? And and look, with everything going on in BPT, this is this is no secret, you know, with, with guys getting cut, look, dude, it would be nice if there was another place for those guys to go where they can promote their sponsors, hopefully through live coverage, and go fish for big money. Because yeah, trying to go back through the pecking order, uh, especially if you've had a 20, 25-year career, that that can be difficult. So I think it could be a landing spot for some as well. Yeah, uh, we recently just saw. <clears throat> for those of you who are are not totally up to date with uh, minor league football, we recently saw the USFL merge uh, with yeah. the XFL to create something stronger. And we know uh, that Bass is not opposed to reaching out their platforms we've seen a a partnership with the ABA in the past. They recently just had a partnership uh, with One Bass. Uh, like I said, who knows, uh, what could happen hypothetically in the future too, especially 
the more stable and the more years that the MPFL sticks around. In my opinion, their biggest problem is you have to have sponsorships and you have to have relationships with the cities. So you have to set your schedules in advance. But then at the same time, you don't want to be on top of the other leagues. But how do you set your schedule when you're not on top of the other leagues so you don't know what their schedules are? But you also want to make sure that you have the dollars from the cities and the planning in place for your schedule. So then if you come out with it first with the MPFL did and you're trying not to schedule on top of anyone, then you end up on top of uh, the Opens or the Toyota series, which takes some out. And then you end up on top of a BPT or Elite series, which which takes some of the live coverage out. So it's a Uh very dynamic situation where there's a lot more moving parts behind the scenes. And I think a lot of people realize. Amen to that for sure. (laughs) It's uh very difficult. All right. Uh, three guys on the MPFL this year that we've never heard of that are going to be like the Keith Carsons of 2024. Well, I, I think we've got uh, one right off the top of the, the the dome that won there in your home state last year, Luis Fernandez from the West Coast. Now, he's been with us all three years, but that dude is one of the most versatile guys that we have, period, end of story. Finally got a trophy uh, and, a, and a tiebreaker. But I think a young man that kind of came on the scene last year that you better pay attention to, Will Harkins. He, uh, he you know, he finished second to to Patrick Walters there at, uh, at Lanier. And he also finished top three at uh, Santee Cooper as well last year. And then way up there, I believe, maybe second in the, in the Progressive Angler of the Year last year, 20 years old kids of uh, he's a freak he's a he's a fish catcher and a guy that he's been with us all three years but i think he very much is that next you know bryant smith that's on the elite series crushing uh he's just uh, gonna be a household name is timmy reams from west virginia he's a guy that we say his name for three years every event at some point but he has led progressive angler of the year at some point during every season that we've had and uh, it, let's say 20, when Gary Atkins won in 2022, had a chance to win it and kind of fumbled the ball late. Um, and, and Gary was able to, to take the progressive angler of the year. But Timmy Reams is, he is one of the most versatile dudes that I've ever covered. So those three would be, uh, they're, they're not new names to me necessarily because I, I've seen them so much. But there, if you're a fishing fan, you haven't tuned in to MPFL, pay attention to those three names for sure. And there's a lot more that I'm leaving out. But uh Matt put me on the spot, told me to pick three. So there you go. <laughs> you did good. All right, we're going to take our first break the show when we come back more with Luke Duncan. It's a uh, Tuesday BTL. We'll be back right after this. The new Puma STS has been redesigned from the ground up. With the angler design function and performance in mind, nothing on this new offering was compromised, and the only thing carried over from the previous version is the name. Based on the soft touch series hull that started with the flagship Jaguar, this new model is nimble and performs incredibly well at all speeds with either a 250 or 300 horsepower engine. Featuring a new 96 inch wide body footprint, this hull measures out at 20 foot 7 inches in length. Industry leading design coupled with tournament winning performance. The Puma STS from Basscat. Feel the rush. Fish. 
any water. Everything you need, one legendary brand. Top on Strike King. Have you considered purchasing new electronics for your rig? The type of mounts you choose to protect your investment should be part of the decision-making process. No matter if you prefer one, two, or three graphs up front, Beatdown Outdoors has a solution for you. Adjustable, versatile, rigid, and made in the USA. What's your ultimate electronic setup? Check out the full selection of Beatdown Outdoors products by visiting beatdownoutdoors.com. All right, welcome back. BTL on a Tuesday talking with Luke Duncan. Uh, I I was doing a little research, like I tend to do uh, before the show starts, and I, I, I came across, uh, I, I kind of wanted to, before I ask you about like kind of the genesis of uh, uh, Low Budget Live, <laughs> I wanted to do a little research. The genesis, I like that, man. <laughs> and I found, I found an article lurking in the it's annals right <laughs> lurking in the annals of a website that was probably the most uh informative on how lbl started now if you listen to uh your show you're it and we'll we'll touch on this a little bit later but you're not afraid of controversy you're not afraid to get into beefs you're not afraid to call some people out and you've had a uh would the term be contentious relationship with major league fishing. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, that's a fair assessment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hey, but to, to be fair, I want to say this, I want to say this. I did not start that contentious relationship. I just kind of put my dukes up after the fight started. I, I will say that. I may or may not have received some things in the mail that raised an eyebrow before you opened it. Yeah. Oh, no doubt. No okay. Doubt. <laughs> so I would like to draw your attention to this, uh, December 6th, 2018, Okay. Article when uh, life was happy and everybody was just rolling on that. You know where I'm going with this? I don't. I really don't. All right. I'll maybe, share this. Maybe I do. Maybe I do. I'll share this screen. It is a glowing review <laughs> on the majorleaguefishing.com website of Luke Duncan uh, pulling back the curtain on professional yeah. bass fishing. Look, it even has your oh logo in there. It, it well, has just got deleted, Maddie. <laughs> it has all sorts of quotes about how great this thing is for it. Uh, it talks about, you know, how you're a professional angler and you're looking to start a, a podcast. This is a line of it. Wow. In his pursuit of real authenticity, Duncan has embraced traditional social media platforms. His primary focus on the podcast, blah, blah, blah. Uh, uh, all you TikTokers, I, I'm OG, man. I was doing this it, traditionally. You know, it says it began as a modest venture mm -hmm. at the Forestwood Cup in Still 2017. Is. Still is. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I just thought I would. I might. I might if I were you. If you have a color printer, print that article out because yeah, I feel I like that. Frame that, dude. I'm. Send me a link quick. Low lifers and BTLers. <laughs> Somebody print that and send that to me because it'll get taken down before the show's over. That's amazing. Uh, yeah. I, so I do remember that was before. So I had a, uh, I pulled a Brandon Polnick that year in 2019. It was actually the last year I fished and I had a, a, a 
guy by the name of Austin Boyd. He traveled with me, and I had a disastrous season, which most of my seasons on the FLW Tour were disastrous, to be honest. I took a few shots, and I think we had had a couple good events that year. But um, but he was there for the good, the bad, and the ugly. That was the you know the gist of it, and traveled with me, much like Kyle does for Brandon, except Brandon like one angler of the year, you know, with Kyle on the boat and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. But uh, it was it was something that I'm very glad I, I did. My kids like to watch those. It's something that will always be out there. And uh, it was a difficult thing, though. When you're having a bad day, it wasn't fun to go try to shoot an interview. And in Austin, I, I mean, we made a deal at the beginning of the year. I'm like, hey, dude, don't turn it off. Like, whatever. Like, whatever, you know, don't turn it off. And there were times I'm like, Austin, turn it off. <laughs> turn it off now i'm not i'm not doing this right now um so yeah they and, and and look they were all about it and and that was pre of course pre mlf um mm-hmm. and we started hearing that the rumblings of that halfway through that season and that's when guys like myself and todd castledine scott martin uh andrew upshaw this bradley hallman decided to step away after that uh it became official we all kind of went to do our own things and uh LBL really it was I started in the fall of 2019 was when I put the first one on YouTube I'd been recording audio versions for a little bit but no video and that's that's really when it kind of took off uh you did catch him in the boat though specifically you have a co-angler win like my biggest yeah. trophy there that's it that's, a, co-angler. that's, my that's a co-angler trophy there for you, so we have we yeah. got that in common uh do you realize though can you name the two biggest anglers in the field that you beat when you won the co-angler title on Beaver Lake that gave you a run for your money? Brian New. I was going to say New and Joey Fuentes. Yep, that's it. John, New and Joey Fuentes, both fishing as, as co-anglers that, yeah, that dirt. John Hunter, too. John Hunter won the BPT Pro. John Hunter won the points that year. On okay. the, he won co-angler of the year that year. Yeah, also Braxton Setzer was in there, Jordan yep. Osborne. Yep. Did you have any crazy draws back when you fished either boater oh, or yeah. co? Like, oh, yeah. yeah, I had some, uh, I had some interesting days as a co, uh, the craziest one that I ever had. And it was actually before. So I fished all, I think it was 2015. I fished all of them and made the cup and all that. And then fished out of the front of the boat the next year. But in 2013, I fished two events as a co-angler and I was, I was working the events, uh, and got to fish. So those were the the two craziest draws I ever had. So I fished Grand Lake and I drew, uh, Ish Monroe and it was a, it was a fantastic day. And Ish was in second going into day two, but I drew Ish and seeing his all in mentality, like I gained and I always, I had respect for Ish up to that point because he was just such an accomplished dude and he was fishing everything then elite series and FLW tour, but he was in second going into day two. I believe Jason Christie shocker was leading it. Jason ended up winning that event and dude, he, he didn't have a net. And I'll never forget this. I got in the boat. He goes, Hey man, I don't have a net. My net broke. So if you catch any, you're just going to have to flip them or I'll, I'll, uh, I'll help you. But he said, I'm flipping and frogging. That's all I'm doing. I'm like, oh, okay. So we roll into the spot. Of course, I'm co-angler, wacky worming, you know, whatever. And he's so dialed. He's throwing a frog. And I catch a three and a half pounder, like second skip with a wacky worm on a flooded tree. And and Ish came back there. He's in second place in the tournament. And I'm like, dude, I got it. Braid, 
you know, to fluoro, whatever. He gets on his hands and knees, scoops it and throws it in the boat for me. Like, and I'm like, man, you don't have to do that. But watching him that day and his dedication to that frog, I learned so much just about that all in mentality because he wouldn't put it down, man. He did pick up a limit, like flipping around, but his three best bites that day came on a frog when conditions got right. And because he wouldn't put it down and they were, they were freaking good ones, but that, but the craziest day, the craziest day, that was my, that was one of my favorite days other than winning. That was one of my favorite days on the water. The craziest experience I ever had in a bass boat. I've never told this on LBL uh, or anywhere really is I drew Gary Yamamoto. Shout out Gary. But I, I legit drew, was thinking his name. Yes. I drew Gary Yamamoto and his little dog. And at Smith Lake in frigid, freezing cold in like 2013, I'd fished with Dan Moorhead day one and I caught him. And I was I was up there in the standings pretty good. And of course I wasn't fishing for points or anything, just trying to get a check and go home. And I and so way up there, I fished Smith a lot and it was going down in this uh specific section of the lake but that's where everybody was at man and i practiced with leslie strader like i knew where it was going down and that's where dan and i'd been the day before and dude i had it pretty dialed and i was catching a lot of fish and so he's like uh he won't speak to me hardly at all at the ramp and i'm a typical guy like hey gary you know excited to fish with you and and trying to get information like what are we going to be doing he's like i'm fishing a hula grub like okay well maybe he's fishing for spots so we get in the boat and he's got this little bitty legend and i say little dude it's like a 19 footer but it felt like it was as wide as a as a kayak and he had a rubber made tote with a whole hit there it is that's jeffrey little doggy right there that was my partner that day so and it's freezing cold and he's got that little that little look like a hair jig <laughs> In the boat, right? And so under the console, he's got this thing and it has a hole cut in it for little Jeffrey to slide in there. And the dog's like crawling all over me before blast off. And I've got a selfie somewhere. I'll text it to you. But uh, of me and little Jeffrey. So, dude, I'm like, well, are we going to go fish for spots? Because, dude, they were chewing. Everybody was catching me. He's like, I hate spotted bass. I'm like, what? You hate spotted bass? Little, Je little Jeffrey, there he is. And... We ran as far on Smith. Like I've, I've fished Smith my entire life. And I went, we went to a place that I didn't even know existed. And we just kept running and running and running and running in the cold. And I'm like, we ever going to get there? And he was swimming a hula grub through bushes, which was kind of cool. But he didn't really catch them the first day. And we're running by everybody. They're like netting fish as we're coming by. Co-anglers and pros are uniting in the boats and hugging and having so much fun. And I'm like, this is going to suck little me and little Jeffrey. And I'll never forget. So we get to where we're going and I'm like, well, man, I'm not rigged up for any of this. So I, I go to digging out like square bills and things I could throw. Cause he's fishing on a hundred. And I had my, my uh, baits on the back deck kind of lined up and I'm trying to hands are cold and I'm trying to get going. And little Jeffrey climbs back there and starts nosing around my crankbaits. And I said, Hey man, your dog's back here. And I got some crankbaits out. I don't, I don't want it to get hooked. And he says, just turns around, stone cold looks at me and says, that's why I don't fish treble hook baits. <laughs> and I said, that's why I don't bring my dog to FLW tour events. <laughs> he said that. Yeah. So we got off to a great start, as you can imagine. And uh, I broke off about 3,000 shaky heads that day, drop shots, and ended up sitting Indian style on the back deck for most of the day. <laughs> just being real pouty because, there, I mean, he was picking up mud and doing his thing. Yeah. And he caught like two or three fish. 
And so I fell plummeted in the standings and uh, did not. I don't think I had a had a bass that day. But You're right. There's not a single photo of Gary Yamamoto throwing uh, a treble hook. Listen, he doesn't. There's that man doesn't own a square bill. I'll assure you, he does not own one. And it was very put out that I. How dare I bring him bring him in the boat with little Jeffrey? But it was a wild it was a wild day. But it was it was interesting. He was super focused on what he was doing. If all three of those had been there, I would have told Bill Taylor that I was. Look, the there's dog. his co-eggler right there. He had to fish with three dogs in the boat. I'm out on that, dude. I would I would like shout out Kathy Fennell and Bill Taylor for allowing that to happen. But I would have been like, Nah, man, I'm just gonna sit on the dock. I got a better chance right here. But but it was wild. The dog uh, used the bathroom in the boat. Saw that. There was some very wild stuff going on in the ledge on the front deck right by him. Just a little, like, just, just a little poop. Lick it off. Just a little, just a little poop. And he like got a got a, a rag and threw it in. It was grossest. I was like, dude, this guy, this man is wild. Shout out, Gary. I still like Cinco's. He's a legend in the sport. He really is. I've okay. never had him on the show. I don't, I've never, he's one of the guys I've never talked to Gary Yamamoto in my life. I would love, I cook every single day. I fire up the smoker. I've got a souvet. I'm all in on infusion and searing. And like, he's, he does the two things he fishes and he does beef. That's How it. has he never been on BTL before? I don't know, man. He's a, he's a man of few words. It'll be a very quiet show. Cause I, cause man, I was so interested. I'm like, so how about that Cinco? Huh? Like, I just wanted to know stuff, even though I wasn't catching fish. I'm like, dude, I'm, I got a day in the boat yeah. with Yamamoto. He did not want to talk about any of it. Like mm -hmm. he was really, and he was focused up, you know, and it was, listen, yeah. the weather was bad. It was cold. He could have been having a bad day, but it, that was without question the craziest day that I had fishing the FLW tour as a co-angler. Who did I have on the show, but they were, they fished the FLW tour as a co-angler too. And like their first one, the water was high, muddy and a little cold and they draw Jimmy Houston. And they're like, this is cool. And then Jimmy pulls like three chartreuse and white spinner baits out and goes, all I'm doing today is spinner bait and bushes. And they went, jackpot and i said they didn't hardly fish at all that day and jimmy just sat up there and cackled and was like in the top 20 after day one just ripping largies out of flooded trees with a spinner bait and we're like dude this is why i fish to to have a day no, like wow. this i think that was probably there was one uh there was a beaver tournament he called him at that same grand lake tournament i was talking about that i drew ish he i think jimmy made the top 20 cut there but he he, he is uh, an echo bay right outside of echo yeah, bay throwing, yeah. throwing a buzz bait yeah, and but he called him at Beaver one time uh, when I was fishing at uh, out of the front of the boat there, and I was in the same area as him on day two, and he had called him really good on day one, and I had already gone down this stretch and picked it apart. I was throwing a jig, doing some different things, or some lay down on this rock. Jimmy comes in behind me, and I watch him catch three where I'd already fished on a spinnerbait, and I'm like, so. You think you can hang with that guy, you know, because, dude, he's just methodical. But but yeah. you look over your shoulder and they're netting another one. I'm like, dude, I just fished that stretch. But I didn't throw a spinnerbait. The water was really cold. I, like, I just wasn't my go-to. And he's just slow rolling it through those trees. But um, I had I had so many, though, for, to and I'm with the Gary Yamamoto story. Dude, I fished. I got to fish with JT Kenny on the Potomac River and watch him break down that tidal stuff. It was incredible. Uh, we had a fantastic day. And, and knew each other before that day. But but I think back to things like getting to practice with Strader for, for a couple, you know, for a full season, but getting, and he, it was one of his best seasons. He was actually leading angler of the year that year going into Chickamauga. So 
I mean, I'm with the guy at every tournament, watching his preparation and watching how he breaks down bodies of water. And, and that that's a year, that 2015 year of my life will be, you know, for being a bass fishing nerd, you know, since I was 10 years old, that'll be a year that I never forget in my life. Take the Beaver win away and the Forestwood Cup and all that. Just just traveling with Wes that year when he had one of his best seasons ever. It was it was just special, man. Uh, you don't know this, but you have you have something in common with uh, Mark Jeffries, who we got to bring up in this show because I have so many questions. Yes. Uh, the last elite series event that ever had co-anglers, Jeffrey signs up for it, says, Matt, you're in charge of all the coverage. Don't screw it up. And if you do, I'll yell excessively. Of course. And, uh, <laughs> he draws ish on Oneida. Well, Jeffries is a topwater freak. This is when Oneida had a lot of grass and a large mouth. I want to say it was like, oh, nine, 10, whenever they got rid of the coast, but he wanted to fish as the last one. He literally brought like two rods with him. Like his goal wasn't to catch fish. So he draws Ish and Ish goes, I'm frogging all day. He goes, that's the only thing I'm doing. I'm frogging exactly like what you said. Mm -hmm. And then Ish pulls out a lemon ice vixen hmm. and he tosses it to Jeffries and he goes, tie this on and just cast out to open water behind me on the grass. He goes, you'll catch a limit. No problem. And you won't jack with my fish. So Jeffries who loves top waters is like, hell yeah. Never heard of a vixen at that point. That, that's why I have all these OG Vixens because then for the next two years when Andre was still making them, we went to every single tackle shop on every single drive to every single elite series event covering and bought every single Vixen that we could find. So Jeffries catches a limit on the Vixen ish has a great day. Top twenties, uh, on the frog. And then Jeffries has been obsessed with the, with the Vixen ever That's since awesome. then. So you both have fished. So with, with, <laughs> with ish Monroe, yeah. As a co-angler, and now uh, I get the pleasure of just having to make fun of me on Andrew Upshaw's Open Pros pick them every week. But uh, yeah, you get you you guys, you've got a rough crew that you got to deal with. Dude, I get absolutely blasted on that yeah, thing. They they like to give you a hard time, man. And then the thing that really pisses me off is when uh, Castledine gets lucky because that's a hundred percent he does. Like it, and he's just <laughs> yes, it it drives me nuts. But. Uh, one of the things like you've never shied away from controversy in the industry, whether it's uh, the MLF or Mercer or certain anglers or giving your opinion on things. Uh, and there's a part of me that wishes that I could uh, I had that makeup to do that. Uh, but I would be interested. Like I said, this is your first time on. Uh, yeah, on I realized BTL. That. Yeah, you and I talk a lot. I used to talk to Mark off and on a lot. And I'm like, this is. Uh, I got one offer to be on from Mark, and I turned him down. And I turned him down. Really? Why'd you turn and him down? I, I turned him. So it was uh, it was 2019. It was when uh, the Bass Pro Tour, uh, just to be honest, younger and dumber. To be honest, yeah. I sort of came on. I, I didn't. Uh, I, I didn't know what I was doing at the time. To be honest, you don't know what you don't know. But I just started the podcast, and I had done. I, I like made a stupid Instagram story about MLF. You remember when they had that commercial? that was uh how bad tournaments were and it was like yeah. in bags and all that and it was funny at the time because i was with th and and th was a big sponsor and they were like you know cool floats kill bass and live wheels and, and it was the weirdest commercial in their first couple of events so i like made made this funny video where jeffrey's reached out to me and he was like hey would you like to come on btl to talk about your stance and i was like no, I don't actually like, I don't have a stance. And this was before like the fall when it got kind of crazy that mm -hmm. fall. 
uh, with MLF, but I was like, no, I'm just kind of, I'm being silly, but I think it's obnoxious that that commercial exists. It just doesn't make sense. And it was before they bought FLW, but, but I did, I got one invite and I turned him down and, and I was like, well, dude, my stance is kind of, it's on social media. And then I do this little low budget live podcast. And I kind of talked about it on there joking on the audio version. I said, but I don't, I don't know. I don't really don't want to come on BTL to, to talk about that commercial, but and I don't know if that upset him or what, but I did. I got one invite from Mark and I was like, no, I, I'm not going to do that. Uh, in hindsight, I wish I had, um, to be honest, but, uh, cause look, man, for all, and I know the, the listeners of BTL understand this, but I don't, I don't think, I don't think the entire industry understands Mark's place in all of this podcast world. Like low budget live wouldn't exist without Mark Jeffries. Ike Live wouldn't exist without without Mark. There are lots of things, and like low budget wouldn't exist because of, if it wasn't for Ike Live, like going to that kind of inspired me to do what I did. Um, and and of course I watched BTL, but dude, the BassZone.com, like that was my place in college. So like Mark is an OG, um, very opinionated guy like myself, but credit where credit is due, he is a legend in this industry that he went above and beyond to try to get behind the scenes beyond the fluff of professional bass fishing where it's just logos and this is what i'm catching on and whatnot it was stories about guys lives and things like that so i have nothing but respect for mark but we we did get sideways a few times you know understandably so uh you mentioned the behind the scenes stories i got an email this morning i want to i want to read it to you i want uh i think this would be a good uh he said hey matt uh have an idea uh, I don't know if it's even possible. If it's ever if fishing is ever going to become mainstream, it needs a push. Is there any way that bass could copy or even be better than net to get on Netflix and create a version of full swing or point break for bass fishing? Uh, it would basically be like a full season, a tournament blog on steroids. They would follow characters like Livesey, Swindle, Fighter, Milliken, or whoever. Uh, from Bass one season with commentary from a few writers like Zona. It would be so good for bass fishing. Uh, I know I randomly follow golfers and tennis players, and I never knew any of this existed before watching either one of these shows. This has to be done. Uh, we can dream, I guess, any way you think it could happen. And uh, I mean, you had the traveling circus, which was the behind the scene, but when you watch that full swing, have you seen that? Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. It, and I, and, and, and I'm into PGA tour. Like I don't, that's not something I watch, but I love that. I love that series. Could you, have you not dreamed about this happening with mm. bass fishing? And then some of the stuff goes down, especially with what's gone down. Yes. The split 2019 yes. and the yeah. split, like when you're watching the full swing with, the live and the PGA and you've got guys that are with the PGA that go to live and all this stuff like, and the characters, why don't you think this has ever worked in fishing? Will it ever work? Is it a pipe dream? And if it did happen, what would the impact be? Well, I think for us that are in this, like you and I are, and, and so many fans are, especially we think that professional bass fishing is just gigantic, right? We think it's just this biggest thing in the world. And really, it's not that big. It's just not that big. You look at, you know, bad. I always compare like Facebook likes. You look at the, the, the max amount of likes that professional anglers have, you know, some of the biggest pro anglers we have their followings are a couple hundred thousand, which is fantastic. But you look at a pro athlete and it's 1.4 million or whatever followers on, on Instagram alone. So I think our sport is very small. 
comparatively speaking to those, but man, what I think what frustrates me. And yes, I I've said to my wife watching that and watching the tennis, uh, what is it? Point, what is it called? Point break. I think point break was yeah. a movie where that they was came a movie out with of air. Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Nice. They wore masks. Yeah. That was actually point break. I don't know what the, I've watched break the tennis point play. break point. Yeah. Point break. Maybe, maybe gets. Yeah. Oh no, it is point break. It is a point break. How did they do it? He said point break in this. I'm sure probably a play on words to get more people. Yeah, maybe, maybe. But I've said to my wife multiple times, like, dude, this would work in bass fishing. We have the characters. We have the drama. Can you imagine if a camera crew had been in some of those conversations when the split was happening? Holy crap. Um, But I think there are two things for me. I think the industry is is a lot smaller than we realize. and, And people don't understand our sport. I think that's a big thing. But I think we are too PC for that, for the behind the scenes, the full Monty. And I think uh, you know what I'm saying by that is, and JT Kenny said this on my show, we cover up the things that we should be covering. You do a very good job of trying to bring things to light just like I do and to kind of get the behind the scenes scoop. But our industry is so politically correct at times, they don't like when a guy goes on a expletive field rant when he doesn't catch them right that's pretty western (laughs) yeah and they and they they don't they don't like certain things to be kind of you know the curtain pulled back and that's just that's just the truth i feel like so i think that would that would slow it down um from happening but dude to me if it got to the masses though if you had that production quality and you had the right lineup of anglers that were presented properly, I think it could be just as big as those other two shows on Netflix. I really do believe that if there was some education that came with that to teach them like what the sport's about, that we're not just Bubba's out there chewing tobacco, watching a bobber, you know, and Hey, no offense to you. If that's what you like to do, I enjoy watching a bobber too. But I think the general public thinks that's what bass tournaments are. They don't know. We've got $50,000 worth of electronics and, a lot of these guys are in fantastic shape and they're running 90 miles an hour up and down the lakes and fishing 70 spots in a day. They don't realize how a the drama that comes with it, but they don't understand what's on the line a lot of times and what these guys go through travel wise away from their families. But I think from an emotional standpoint, seeing some of that, like missing home, uh, those stories play, man. And I, I think we deserve it. Will we ever see it? Only time will tell, but I'd love to see some professional bass fishing on Netflix. That would be uh, pretty sweet, especially if they call you and I to do some voiceover stuff. I'm all about that. <laughs> do you think beefs are good for the industry? I mean, dude, you see it. I see it. I got at a, a very civil disagreement with Ben Milliken. It's the yeah. most viewed BTL by 10 times. You can have the most in-depth interviews on LBL, but you get on, you go off on something that's controversial and you get 10 times as many that's views. It. You're rewarded for it. Right now we've got... Milliken and Zaldane, Milliken and Lunkers going at it with the oh, yeah. events and and the Bass Mafia stuff. Do you think that this is good for the sport? Do we need to focus more on positivity? It, I mean, where do you draw the line on, hey, manufactured stuff, doing stuff for views, covering what needs to be covered and sticking with positive news facts? So I think there's a lot of talk. I see a lot of posts. Can't we just stop talking about the negative? Well, if the negative is the reality, right? Like that's my thing is I feel like it's our job to cover whatever's going on. So if, if somebody cheating is happening, yes, that's negativity, but I think you need to point it out. Um, so 
your statement of manufactured, like that's no good. I don't like that. If you're manufactured, if you're trying to get a clickbait title and it, there's nothing there and, th and that happens in every, uh, it doesn't matter what sport it is or, or you know, YouTube's full of that kind of stuff. But I think that kind of, I, I like that, man. Every sport has that somebody calling somebody out uh, mentality at times. Now, that being said, I wish some of the whining and crying could go away on some of the things. Like, I, it does get exhausting just seeing the nonstop forward-facing sonar gripe or, uh, you know, whatever the, gr the gripe of the week is. For me, man, and it, and it is, to me, it's, it is sad because I feel like I've got episodes just like you do with fantastic conversations with people I really admire that I feel like the conversation went well that don't get the love that when I hit record and I'm passionate about something or giving my opinion and those kind of go through the roof and, and, and Hey, I, I appreciate that, but I also don't have the energy to do that every week and I'm not going to make something up or manufacture it. And I see that a lot of times with, with TikTok folks and, and, uh, and Facebook and Instagram, I feel like that don't have to put out something, like you and I try to do you, especially doing as many shows as you do. I feel like you get in that world where you chase views. So you do try to manufacture something or have some drama. And I've never been about that, man. Like if the, the, I'd say 10 or 12 episodes of mine that have done the best that, that spike because of one thing or another, one of my biggest ones in the last five years was me just looking at the camera and telling you why I left TH Marine. Right. And it was a, uh, from the heart. And and I think that uh, it, it goes over with people, but dude, you can't keep that up week in and week out because then you just are faking it because it is bass fishing at the end of the day. And it's not full of negativity and it's not full of drama. It's just not week in and week out. It's just not. Now we have our little, listen, MLF has given us some fantastic gifts. Bass has <laughs> at times. MPFL has given the industry some great talking points, but I think overall, dude, the focus does go to the negativity, but we live in a sport and we get to cover a sport that is overwhelmingly positive. It's like negative comments on your show or my show or social media. There are 50 positive ones, but you'll focus on two negative ones, right? Somebody, somebody throws a jab at you and you're like, what the crap? And there are 50 guys telling you, dude, I love you. I love this. I love, and you won't even, you don't even give them the time of day and you focus on that. So I think, I think that's where people get caught up. Like, talking about we we talk about negativity too much i i think uh i i want to say this too i'm gonna stop myself uh and and try to make a point here because i feel like i'm rambling but i think if you are someone that says we talk about negativity too much then what is being talked about is hurting your feelings for one reason or another i want to say that and i've seen some guys I've seen some guys that have been the subject of some of the conversations being like, Hey, can't we all just get along? And it's like, well, of course you want that because you don't want the spotlight on what negative behavior you have. Right. I, I feel like there's something to be said for that. Now, look, uh, I want to say this, man. I'm, I'm, you, you mentioned somebody's name earlier and, uh, people watching this are going to go, what the, what the heck, you know, Mercer and I, we had a run, we did LD and the MC and it ended badly. It did. Uh, it was a couple years ago, and uh, and and I was in a different place then, and I think Dave was as well. But I was in a different place. I was very uh, stressed, and and I think a lot of people know that that listen to the show and that they've seen the exit from TH Marine. But I don't think I realized where I was at at that time. And there are some things that I that that happened in that time frame that I wish had not happened. 
you know, not necessarily he and I not doing the show. I, I don't think we were never, that was never going to last forever uh, with Dave and I, but I, I think there were things and I, and I think I, I hope that Dave would say that too. So there are, th you know, being an outspoken guy and a guy that wears his heart on his sleeve, it has its benefits, but it, it's a blessing and a curse, right? Like you, sometimes you're like, Hey man, yeah, kind of wish I had that one back. You know, when you look back a year later, two years later. Uh, so it's, it's, it's in my DNA. My mom and my dad are both that way. I don't, I don't shy from, from confrontation. I don't shy away from, uh, what, if I feel like it's the truth, I don't say it because I think I'm right. I, I just think people deserve to know what's going on. Uh, and I like being open and honest. I think if you're transparent and you get it all out there and you have nothing to hide behind, you know, that's, that's how life should be, man. For sure. So what, what is the, uh, game plan now that, that, T and H is not a uh, is not on the job list currently. Well, right now I'm wearing. Are you joining the ranks of full time podcasters? Pretty much, pretty much. No, I man, I am working. Uh, I've got a lot of things going on. Obviously, I could have never stepped away. And I said this on in my in my spiel that I gave. So I could have never doing LBL gave me a lot of confidence. It gave me a lot of confidence that I could do my own thing in life and. Then, you know, having folks believe in me, like the NPFL and the Alabama Bash Trail, obviously, uh, those are great gigs, great jobs. And through the podcast, that was something that, that from a monetary standpoint, when I talked to my wife, I'm like, hey, this is a, not anywhere close to the living that we've made, but between you and I, the lights are going to stay on, right? And so when the stress level got to a certain point and I didn't like the direction, those three things made it easier. But that being said... I'm working on several things right now. One really big thing, and uh, I'll be running my own business and uh, going forward. And I'm going to make, uh, I'm, I'm, and I say I say this a lot, but I'm Iconelling you right now. And this is an announcement about announcement. But on Saturday night in Tulsa, Oklahoma at the Hunt Club, we're going to do LBL Live on Saturday of the Classic. And uh, I'll be announcing a lot of things that night that are that are going to be about my future. And uh, I'm very excited, man. I Doors have opened that I didn't even know were there in life since last November. And I'm fortunate to be working with some fantastic people that have my back. And, and uh, there's, I don't, I, I don't want to say big things coming, but for me, it's, a, it's certainly a life change. And it's something that I'm very passionate about. And uh, I'm very fortunate. But, uh, but I will say, so I'm working some of the guys I'm working with on another project, uh, they own a sales rep group in the fishing tackle world. So like this weekend, I'm helping them out. I'm going to be at the East Tennessee fishing show. You know, they rep a lot of great brands from pulse fish to arc rods, gill, uh, fishing, several different brands, uh, toad thumper lure. So I'm, I'm helping them out. My son, Charlie is actually working for them as a sales rep as well. So I'm kind of helping those guys out called woods to water. So I'm doing that. Haven't said that uh, publicly anywhere yet, but, um, doing that. So lot, lots going on, man. I'm a guy that, uh, I can't just have one gig and, and I never really have, you know, even though TH was very busy and was my career, I had so many other things. So just grateful for opportunities and dude, again, to, to back up, like my kids will tell you, my wife will tell you, I was a stressed dude in the corporate world and didn't realize how much so didn't realize what what it i had become to be honest and uh stepping away now we're you know almost through with january dude life is good <laughs> life is good i feel like i got a million pounds off of me and uh i'm really excited about the future i want to circle back to the reality show 
Yeah. Like, I think we both uh, agreed it would be very hard to do it in the fishing world, even though it would work. But then I'm on Hulu last night and I run across super hot, the spicy world of pepper people. <laughs> I don't and it's, I didn't know that existed. It's a five part documentary series about competitive atomic pepper eaters and their journey across America. And they literally have <laughs> live streams and podcasts, just like low budget live and pepper EDL and Mercer and all of it. Tons of pepper podcasts. It's very <laughs> uh, underhanded. And a lot of deals are done in the dark corner where specific pepper seeds are stolen so in order to taste peppers, you have people flying across the country because they don't want to put their peppers in the postal service because they're afraid of a pilfering or uh, the pilfering of the uh, pepper seats. There's, you know, a guy who's deep who's, into this pepper stuff. There's a guy who's, whose wife, he's like our age. He does a uh, pepper podcast <laughs> where he eats and he does it competitively, but she believes that his Friday night uh, pepper podcast is getting in the way of their relationship. So he has, he's forced to retire from the pepper podcast. He does a retirement on it. Like I was like, there's no way. So I looked it all up. It's identical to the fishing industry, except with for peppers. Like you can get on his Instagram and I don't know what happened to that relationship. Cause he's still doing it. Even though we retired on the show, he has a live scheduled for the 27th that I don't think I'm going to be Are able they to getting get more views than us. That's going to make me sad. They're on who no, they they're be. not, but they have, there's a Ken Duke of peppers. There's a Pete Robbins of peppers. There's a Kevin Van Dam of peppers. The, the best, the, the, the most, the undefeated undisputed pepper eating champion of the world is a British lady who in 10 years of competitive pepper eating has never lost, but she can't compete for the North America pepper crown because she's over in England and her husband's her manager, just like they are at fishing. A lot of the time she's like, she goes to like Cambridge and challenges a student. She does all. And it's on Hulu. I mean, it's out there for the, I mean, it's right there for the world to see. Why can't we have a fishing one? If we can have super hot, the spicy world of pepper people, why can't we have a bass fishing one? You know, I, I think there's a, there's a chance now. I was I was on the fence about it, Matt, but now I know that the pepper world exists. I think bass fishermen will end up on Hulu or Netflix or Amazon Prime or Apple TV. Come on, do it, do it, industry. Let's. Uh, I mean, it's a billion dollar industry, fishing as a whole. The tournament industry is not necessarily, but dude. People have watched some weird stuff. Listen, like Honey Boo Boo was a thing. And and look, I'll watch some 90 Day Fiance. All right. My wife, I, during COVID, we we watched some 90 Day Fiance where these uh, folks go, go abroad to find the love of their life. And these people certainly use them for a visa and all that kind of stuff. And it's amazing. It's amazing. I'll watch some trash TV, buddy. But what I, am I addicted to pepper, now? Pepper people. What's the one? It's Nick Lachey's and then they get in the pods. Love at first sight. Married at... <laughs> No, they get in the pods and yeah. then they did it for like Sweden and they did it for all the other yes. countries. What is that called? Um, is it on Netflix? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen it. It is it's not, Love is Blind. Is that what it is? Yes, that's it. Yeah, I, love is Blind. Oh, I've binged. Like, I've. You're both losing followers and listeners. Right I have binged pretty much every season of Love is Blind. And then the best one is like Love is Blind Sweden because they <laughs> all look like they're from Sweden, but all the voices are dubbed over. So it's even better. 
shout out to peppers and love is blind yeah i will uh so i want to do a love uh love is blind show but it's to pick your tournament partner so you have 12 in one house 12 guys in one house and 12 guys in another house. And then you go into these pods and you can't see each other and you ask each other questions about fishing and your style and how you fish and what you're good at. And you're over there taking notes. And then the other guy goes, will you be my tournament partner? And if, if he accepts, then the curtain drops. And then at the end of the season, based on all of these tournament partners, you have a tournament for a hundred thousand dollars. Is that something where Mercer hands somebody a rose or something? Is that how that goes? Yeah. Like, so you accept this love is blind tournament partner rose. Uh, is that not a lot of probably show. the best bass fishing idea? I mean, you do, you like have it. to agree with that because you host a, the, a team tournament trail. I, I, you know how important that is? Yeah. I, I like It is like that ebb and flow of tournament partners. That could be a disaster. I think it would be great if that was pros, if you did it with professionals, and you might end up with two pros that don't like each other that pick each other based off of their their fishing strength. And the voices are like muted or muffled, you know. You yeah, sound like a chatterbait. Can't tell. You don't know it's Jacob Wheeler or Swindle. And then <laughs> guys end up in the boat together. And you're like, damn it. I picked Gerald. I didn't want to do that. He's old. Yeah. 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 Kevin, Kevin also wants to see uh Kevin Cahill said he wants to see bass wives on E. Dude. <laughs> Not listen. on ecstasy on E, the channel. <laughs> What if we did both? Um, <laughs> I've been to a lot of music festivals. Uh, we're all adults here. Um, I think, I, think uh, I don't know that people are ready for that kind of smoke because <laughs> I've been around that world. I don't know that people are ready for that. You give you get Stephanie Strader mic'd up with a camera crew. I don't think you're ready for that smoke. Ladies yeah. <laughs> you get red live. I don't know. All right. Uh, Who's on your LBO wish list? Man. Um, Regardless of whether that you don't think it's possible or not possible. Like it could be guys that are on the LBL no fly zone right now, but they're still, <laughs> but they're still on the wish list. So that makes the list more interesting. So to be fair, I, I know that list is probably out there and there are people that would never touch it. I have been blown away by the people that I thought were on that list that were like, hell yeah, dude, I'll do it. And, I, and I've been able to knock some of those off. For me, I got one of my bucket list guests this year randomly because he reached out to me. That was Bill Taylor, former FLW Tour tournament director. Like I, He was somebody I was always buddies with and like clowning around with. And he sent me a message randomly one day. He texted me and told me he was a big uh, fan of the show and liked what I was doing and congratulating me on, on everything. And I'm like, hey, would you like to come on? And so he did it. And, and it was one of my favorite, favorite conversations. But I do in my phone. I have a wish list. And, and I know a lot of the guys I'm going to name, they've done your show, they've done other shows, but I've never reached out to them to do mine. But for me, it's like being a, being a kid, you know, a 12 year old kid and, and, and a fishing fan at heart, you know, it's, it's the Hank Parkers of the world would be cool. I don't know Hank that well. We've, we've been in the same environment a few times and around each other, but I, I don't know Hank that well, but for me, like Hank would be one, uh, Rick Klein. I've never had Rick on. I know Rick decently, but I've never never had Rick on. I'd love to have, uh, you know, Bill dance. I would love to, I would love to film a boats and pros with Bill dance actually more than, than an LBO. I think that'd be a lot of fun, but, uh, 
But for me, it's just those legends, man. The guys that, you know, I'm fortunate to call Larry Nixon a friend. I'm fortunate to call Jimmy Houston a friend. I've had those guys on multiple times. Uh, I've got to spend a lot of time with those guys. I've never had Van Dam on, you know, and I consider Van Dam, but I've never had Kevin on. Um, you know, I'd like to do that at some point this year. He's definitely on that list, but I, I'm very lucky that I don't get turned down a lot. Uh, and I, and I don't say that in a bragging way. I'm, I'm grateful. Even guys that you would think, eh, they probably won't do it because of affiliations one way or the other. Now there are people that I've never asked because I feel like it would put them in a weird spot that are BPT guys, you know, for one reason or another, but dude, you look at, you know, Jordan Lee, when he was there did the show several times, no problem. And he was one of their top guys. I've had Wheeler on a couple of times. Um, I've had Connell on. I've had, I've had, now I, I have been turned down by two or three. I will, uh, I will say that uh, when the, when the heat was on a few years ago between us and them. And to be honest, I think it will be harder though this year with the fines and things. I think people will be a little more guarded on our shows. They'll be scared to uh, say what's going on, but but for me, it's those legends, Matt. I, I think it's it's Clun, Hank Parker, Bill Dance, those guys to just have those. And, and if that's just for me, if nothing else, if no no low lifer ever wants to hear that, that's fine. But that's those are the episodes where I'm like, let's do this. You know, every time I have Ike and Ellie on, I have that feeling because I was such a fan of his as a kid. Uh, Davy Heights, a guy I've never had. Davy, I've never asked Davy to be on. I'd like I'd like to do one with Davy. Um, there there are lots of folks that I was such a fan of as a kid that I like to have on. Nice. I just called uh, Jeff Crete last night. Like he never did an exit interview, did he? No, I don't think so. He just no. moved down to a pontoon boat in Destin and just takes bachelorettes out to islands. Yeah, he's living the. Living I, I, he didn't answer, but maybe he'll call me back. I'd love to. I'd love to get an exit interview as he's as he's captain in the SS Crete out to yeah. out to the island. Uh, any, uh, you're not done fishing. Like are you still jump in the opens? There's no way. I mean. No, what's your, no what's your on the water front deck game plan? Uh, perfect world versus reality, man. It, it's uh, as you know, we talked schedules earlier, that's the hardest part, right? Uh, I fished the ABT 100s the last couple of years, sprinkled in a couple of opens, and I and I loved those. But when I got this opportunity, okay, obviously, even though I said, mm -hmm. Hey, I'll come way in like a couple hours early, she's like, That's not how this works, Luke. <laughs> Uh, okay, so I had to give give up uh, my ABT 100 dreams with Little Trey, and we had some success there and, and a lot of fun in that environment. But no, I, I'm not done, man. I, I love it. Um, I'll always love it. It's been in my blood since again I, I fished my first tournament at 11. I was in a bass club, and you know, was fishing Redmans as a co angler at 16. So it's something that I'm not giving up on at all. It's just logistically figuring out what makes sense this year with the big life changes of leaving TH and ABTs and MPFLs, it's like, all right, well, basically, because right now my wife and I looked last night, every Saturday, basically from now till uh, 4th of July, like I have something, truly. Like I, I think there are like two open weekends. She's like, oh, well, it was good knowing you. Um, you know, and then th through the summer and fall, I'm pretty open. Uh, but, dude, I, I love I love fishing with my kids. That's something that I, I – sincerely like it it is it's more fun than fishing a tournament with tournament for me these days like i like loading them up and going somewhere for three days and just figuring out a lake and and watching their passion for it like that's something i, I really love but tournament wise like dream scenario would be uh i love this idea of uh what is it the touring anglers association is that what it's called this deal that uh 
guys trying to put together on Lake Lanier for three hundred thousand dollars. That's no practice. That. Oh, what's it called? Uh, dude, I, I sent them an email. I'm going to try to have them on the show. So it is. They say they have over two hundred commitments. Uh, he popped up on a live I did the other night. I think it's Touring Anglers Association. I may be wrong. Uh, so uh, here it is, right here. Yeah. So it's five thousand dollar entry fee. It's it's going to be ran bare bones, no coverage. The anglers have to help out, but he's got over 200 signatures on this. Yes, it's the world's largest pot tournament. So his dream is to have several of these. Very cool, though. No information for a certain amount of time. And I and I kind of knocked this one until I really dug into it. And this is going to be the first one. And I don't think every one of these will ever be uh, this big because I think he'll lower that first place prize, but he'll pay through the field. So $5,000 entry fee. You ha you uh, get a three hour ride around, so there's no practice. Three hour ride around, no forward facing sonar, no 360, and he's got 200 folks committed. Pretty neat deal. And I actually got an email from him this morning that you can you can register. Uh, they're they've got over 200 commitments, and so they're going to try to do this. But the how much is it? Five grand. Five wow. grand. Uh, five grand, 300,000. But I, I love the idea of doing something like this because it's during the middle of the week. It wouldn't conflict with anything else I got going on. And, uh, I may show it's at Lake Lanier first week of April. I may show up and fish that thing right there. That may be a, a front deck experience this year, but that's a, it's a really cool idea. And the guy behind it, and I don't even want to say his name because I don't want to butcher it, uh, and, and, and leave something out, but we we've text back and forth. He is in the IT world and he fishes the opens and he's a very, 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 very smart individual. This is not just some, some, uh, you know, Bubba bass fisherman kind of guy like me that decided to, to start a term. He's very sharp. And, uh, his, his pledge is if he gets any sponsors, he's going to dump that into the payback. It's just all about the anglers. I'm not trying to make any money. It's a pretty cool idea. Uh, I know several friends of mine are, are signed up. I know there are a lot of elite series BPT guys that are signed up. So, I think something like that could definitely fly. He would like to see it be more than just a one-off. He'd like to see it, I think, be three, four, five, six tournaments in the year. And look, if they're in the middle of the week and no practice, yeah, I could do that. That's something I could definitely do. So, I think perfect world, that would be something I would enjoy. Dude, I don't enjoy – shout out to my dude, Hank Weldon, but I don't enjoy the Opens. Uh, it's a, it's a meat grinder. I mean, it's, I don't think you're supposed to, I think you're very sadistic if you actually enjoy the opens yes. or you're one of the guys who gets on a roll early and you don't even realize what you're doing until yeah. it's over. Yeah. As far as just, you know, they're intense and look, I feel like I'm in the way if I'm at those, cause I'm not trying to make the elites. I'm not, I'm not going to fish all nine. So I, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't see myself being back in the opens. Um, but I do, I do miss the old FLW tour days, man. We, we had a, such a great group. The camaraderie was so awesome, uh, and I'm jealous of the guys that get to fish MPFL because it's definitely that vibe. So, I don't know. I really, uh, I really don't know what's next. It just depends on scheduling, honestly, because I love everything I'm getting to do mm -hmm. from an MC commentator standpoint, and you know, I get to do that, and then I can go fishing for fun whenever I want to. You know, on my own schedule, I don't have to go to to uh, Logan Martin Freeze <laughs> because it's on the schedule. Yeah, and you also don't have to go to Okeechobee after the Toyota Series has been there for seven days, and then the Opens is there, and then a cold They're front back, hits the back, Tuesday man. before yeah. the tournament. All right, I got one for you. Yes, sir. Uh, so this this Instagram account followed me. It's called American Fishing Duel. 
just had a couple hundred followers at the time. It just had four posts of just very nondescript stuff. It has a website. I know absolutely nothing about this. Uh, this just happened like yesterday. But when you mentioned that tournament, it reminded me of this. So this is all the website is. High stakes fishing. It's time for a reset. You can help change professional fishing like the world has never seen. The only tour truly governed by the 100 anglers. Be ready. 2224. First name, last name, email, and which organization or tour do you currently fish for? No other links, nothing. That is it. It's very similar sounding to how that Tour and Anglers Association deal popped up. Yeah. I have no idea what's it what what that deal. High stakes about. fishing. That's uh, which it's all high stakes fishing at this point when you're paying what we're paying for entry fees and boats and everything else. But uh, interesting. I look, man. I think it goes to you see a lot of people. Things aren't changing, Matt. I mean, the the entry fees go up and the payouts tend to say the same. And and we saw, you know, hopefully it wasn't the glory days, but um, you know, the FLW tour and bass back in the day, the half million dollar classics and cups and million dollar cups and two hundred and fifty thousand dollar payouts for first place. I mean, that was before this cutting age era that we have live coverage mm -hmm. and all these things. And and it seems like we were we regress sometimes. So I think there's a place for things like that as long as you're willing to just pay your money and show up and and send it out there. I, I like the idea the more I've dug into it, for sure. Uh, I joked at the, the Tour and Anglers Association, they call themselves a nonprofit, and I'm like, hey, nonprofit, I don't know about that, you know. But uh, the guy, you know, after some conversations, he's a, he's a, he's a sharp guy. Yeah. Uh, last thing, you did mention the classic. You always have a debaucherous party at the Bassmaster Classic. Where and when is that going to be this year in Tulsa? It's going to be at the Hunt Club uh in tulsa on saturday night and whatever that date is 23rd i believe maybe um we just got that uh nailed down thanks to some of your fellow okies my my buddies my buddy ryan engelman with turnpike troubadours that's a that's one of their old stomping ground haunts there and he's like we need to do it here this is where we're doing it so they lined that up for me and uh i don't think the capacity there is just gigantic by any means but it, it should be a uh as you well know the botrys is Mm -hmm. It doesn't start that way. Seven early in the night doesn't. It, it's not debaucherous, but by the end of the night, sometimes it certainly gets there. And uh, we do a live podcast and we play some music. And uh, last year, I had two-time Elite Series pro Joey Cifuentes, uh playing percussion that night. It was you also had Bradley Holman singing. Bradley Holman did sing. He was uh, not thrilled about that. The next morning, he's like. Let me see the video. And he got 10 seconds in and he goes, yeah. I don't want to see the video. <laughs> Didn't he do boys from Oklahoma? Wasn't yeah. Holman loves his music, man. Holman and I talk music more than we do fishing, but we had Cody Cannon from whiskey Myers jumped up on stage and did mm -hmm. two or three songs, which was awesome. And, uh, be more, more fun this year. Lots of surprises that I'm planning. And, uh, it's just, for me, it's really cool to get in. And, and you know, this story better than I do. You've been doing it a lot longer, but, you see the comments, you see the names, you, you know, every week, the people that support you. But the cool thing about the classic is it's like this gathering of nerds, <laughs> like Comic-Con, where you get to meet each other in person for the first time, Some, you know, and, and it's like this uh, class reunion almost. And so when I started that in 2020 in Birmingham, I'm like, hey, let's just throw this out here, see if it sticks. And dude, people came out. It was very fun. It's a lot of industry folks and it's a lot of fans of the show and, and, uh, guys like yourself, man, I, when I look out there and see you and I'm fixing to set up to do a live podcast, I get a little nervous. Cause I'm like, 
he actually knows what he's doing. Right. <laughs> he is. But you told me last year something I'll never forget. You're like, dude, you're crazy for doing all this. <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine this because it is like the the week of the classic when I do those. I didn't do one in Hart, at Hartwell, but three of the last four years we've done it. Uh, so Birmingham, Fort Worth, and then last year Knoxville was certainly the biggest. And, uh, and it had to be because it's home state. Uh, so looking forward to doing it this year. But that week is a blur for me. Saturday, I do a live podcast in the Express Boats booth. Then we go to that. And so I'm I'm running all day. And I really, it takes me to like Sunday night to kind of go, oof, all right, what what did we just do? And like you just saying, Hallman got up there. I'm like, oh, yeah, he did. Like, I don't even really remember yeah. that. No, I, don't, I don't miss the classic oh. week. I, I just, I stayed in booths now. You do what? I just stand in the booths now and yeah. chat with people. Like we did the whole like wide open live thing from the Skeeter with the yeah. on the water coverage of the daily updates and the live shows and all that. And I don't think it ever once went smooth in the 10 years that we did it. It's hard. Like man. It was a lot, very stressful. It, so. it is stressful. The live podcast is stressful because people at home want to be a part of it. And if you've got crappy Wi-Fi and they can't see it, then they're complaining. Well, only the people that are there get to see it. And we support you all the time. Like I, I have taken it on the chin a few times uh, trying to do the live from the classic. But, yep. but man, it's just a, a good opportunity to get together and have fun. So Hunt Club, Saturday night. There you go. I just went and saw Turnpike on the 29th at Billy Bob's. Okay. Oh, so the New Year's Eve weekend. Yeah, show. they did like three shows. We were there the first night. Girlfriend and I got like a a table at the back and sat there and never gave up the table. She kept trying to get me a two-step and I was having none of it. They uh they are absolutely on fire right now in life. Oh, dude. It was sold out all three nights. Yeah, it's crazy. Was the 29th the first night they were there? Uh yeah. So that night and 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 Ryan called me after no 20, I think might have yeah, I think it was. They did three nights. Yeah, yeah three nights. So the first night, Gabe, their drummer, was very sick projectile vomiting not good they had to have a substitute drummer which is not easy yeah. and gabe sat in the green room the drummer had an in-ear and he's walking him through the songs from a microphone and nobody ever knew in the crowd but ryan was like dude it was almost a disaster but nobody knew um and then gabe played the other two shows but crazy crazy uh the world those guys are living right now and and the whiskey meyer guys and they all love fishing so uh for us i think that's pretty daggo cool cody cannon from whiskey myers has toad thumper lures man mm -hmm. he designs his own frogs and really cool he was just on the juice podcast one of the other podcasts talking okay. about fishing and he he like knows his stuff too he like he's not like a dude who dabbles like i mean he knows his stuff and then wanted to be in the industry. I know that you, you have him on quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah, man. He, uh, he has a passion. That's like, he doesn't want to talk about music. He wants to talk about making lures. It's, it's, yeah. uh, and he loves big swim baits and top water fishing. And he's just a typical East Texas, uh, Lake fork and all those other lakes. He just, he likes catching big bass and really, really interesting guy. All right. Anything else you just have a burning desire to get in here before I let you go? Oh, just thank you. Thank you for like having how that me. was an hour and a half. Yeah, dude. I mean, what, you know, you get two, two mouth runners. What's going to happen? This is, this is it, man. We could probably go for five hours. We start talking about randomness, like peppers and whatnot. No, I just, I, I want to thank you for having me on, dude. I think this is, uh, I think it's good to do, uh, you know, other shows. I, I don't do it a ton, but just like you, it's, it's 
we have a lot to talk about on our own, so it's it's hard going on. But I appreciate uh, your view on things and and everything you do, man. You kill it. So thank you for having me on, and thank you to all the folks that listen to both BTL and the Low Lifers for uh, giving me the opportunity to be who I am. Let me do my yeah. thing. Awesome. Thank you very much, Luke. Appreciate it. We'll be watching the uh, NPFL on yes, sir. Fix TV. Fix TV. I think so. We haven't announced this real quick. Let me get this out here. First two hours will be on Facebook. I got an email last night. Facebook and YouTube for the first okay. two hours. Then it'll be fixtv.com or 10tnpfl.com after the first two hours. So you kind of have to transition. Over. Oh, so you could watch it either on the website tnpfl or fix tv fix tv is p-h-y-x tv it's just an app that you download it opens it up no 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 app now no app so they're developing a new app before the second tournament we will probably have it but no just fix tv.com or tnpfl.com for this first is it free on fix tv It, it is it's all free so uh again i'll cram this in here real quick that was a big misconception last year because we did the we did have some extra content that through the app you did have to pay for one of which was me and fat cat running our mouth during the way in right that was the only thing that you had to pay for everything else the the live stream of the fishing the regular way in it was all free but it was very confusing we see a lot of comments i get them all the time well i would watch this if i could uh you know see it a little better so yeah these guys this is our production company fixed productions they're out of wisconsin i'll be up there in snowy appleton wisconsin in studio with them with the big cat but uh they do a great job for us in uh phyx tv.com tnpfl.com but we go live friday and saturday next week logan martin and it will be a good tournament after seeing what those guys call it in 14 degree weather 38 degree to 40 degree water temperature after some warm rains. It's going to be a good one. Tune in. Thank you, man. That'll work. All right. Thanks, Luke. Thank you, guys. All right. That is Luke Duncan from Low Budget Live, also the host uh, and on the water commentary for the ABT 100 and the TN PFL, not to be confused with the NPFL, which I think is the Nigerian Professional Football League. That was a big thing when they first started, like trying to get that domain. So you have to put the T in front of it. All right, we're going to take a break. we got a cool show lined up for tomorrow, something that is near and dear to my heart. We'll talk about that when we come back right after this. It is BTL on a Tuesday. I'm the kind of guy that never leaves a house without a pocket knife. And Gamagatsu's come out with the EDC series of knives. EDC stands for everyday carry. So whether you're on the water or off, you can always have it with you. The best thing about it to me is that assisted open feature. With this D2 blade, you've got it right here at your fingertips. So if you can't find your scissors, you need to cut a knot, you need to cut your braid, you've always got it. Make sure you check it out. Never leave home without your Gamagatsu EDC knife. Born in Japan, using technology, innovation, and precision, Sunline produces the widest selection of fishing lines at the most technologically advanced line factory in the world. Manufactured at the strictest tolerances to produce victories at the highest levels of tournament bass fishing, from household names like Christie, Swindle, and Cruz, to young guns like Cook, Logan, New, and Welcher, they all trust Sunline to take them to the top of the leaderboard. Choose the line that will give you the strength to guarantee your confidence. Sunline. Shoreline Boat and RV, dock rash, storm damage, collision repair, that deep scratch or gouge from trying to access that secret creek. Shoreline Boat and RV can get your prized possession back in mint condition and looking good on the water, fast. 
All repairs are done in-house, so they're able to get your boat or RV back to brand new quickly. All Shoreline's work comes with a rock-solid warranty. Find out more at ShorelineBoatAndRV.com. Kansas City, Austin, and Tulsa. The great thing about the new Sensation Soft Plastic from Big Bite Baits, heavily scented, super soft, buoyant, comes in seven great new shapes. I've got a couple of them of my signature series, the Cliffhanger Worm and the Ramtail Craw. Great for a flipping jig, football jig, swim jig, all that. Several other great shapes. Really excited about it. We've worked over the last year. Catches fish all over the country, and I think it's going to catch fish for people everywhere you try it. The Spro Little John crankbait has been around for almost 15 years, and it is one of my go-to crankbaits whenever I need a fish in the boat, so you can never have enough new colors. That's why Spro is coming out with a handful of new colors, including Pearl Shad, which has this bleached out white look, but it's got this pearlescent, really, really pretty. We've got Copper Shad, which looks amazing in the water. It's got that purple flake on the back, really, really pops in the water. And then if you want some real pop, we've got Sparkle Shad, nothing but sparkles all over this thing. And then last but not least, we've got the Matte Sexy Shad, just a really different looking color for a crankbait. So you wanna give them a little different look, that Matte Sexy Shad is definitely the one to go with. All these colors are available in the original Little John and the MD. All right, welcome back, BTL on a Tuesday. <clears throat> uh, most of you know if you follow BTL for a number of years, I started fishing. Uh, I fished the Opens in 2015 just to see how bad I get my butt kicked, which was really bad. But then in 2019, I jumped in the uh, two divisions of the Toyota series, and that was strictly a result of being named the AFCO Bass Boot Camp Angler, where they paid for the two divisions AFCO did when they made their, their first push into the freshwater uh, market back in 2018 2019 pay for all my entry fees gave me a little bit uh, of travel money had a really good year uh that year then transitioned to the opens but really oh afco a lot not only as a, a show sponsor but as a personal sponsor uh with the shed family with uh matt florentino uh who runs kind of their media and pro team over there uh really putting a lot of faith in and i learned a lot through that so uh Johnny did it the first year and now he's like full-time in the industry doing video editing and things like that. Well, they went, it went away for four years after I did. I'd like to think because I did such a good job in it, they were like, Hey, there's no way someone could do a better job. But really uh, they just went in a different direction. And this year in 2024, they brought it back. The AFCO Bass Boot Camp for an angler who is fishing all nine of the Bassmaster Opens. They pay their $18,000 in entry fees, uh, outfit them with AFCO, and then that angler chronicles his journey from the first to the last cast at all nine Opens. Well, they chose Emil Wagner, a uh, young kid out on the East Coast. So he has made a name for himself over the past couple of years. Very talented angler. Uh, so Emil is going to be on the show. Uh, he's a guide as well, I believe. He's going to be on the show tomorrow. Uh, talking about getting ready for that first Bassmaster Open uh, on Okeechobee, talking about being the AFCO Bass Boot Camp uh, representative in 2024, where you can watch it, what we can expect from him. You'll get to know Emil just like you do get to know other anglers on BTL. And then we'll also have Matt Florentino from AFCO on. Yeah, I'll say it without even asking him. We're going to give away something from AFCO. There will be a giveaway in the comments section. 
or something from AFCO. Haven't even asked Matt Florentino that. It might be out of my per might, might be out of my personal stat. It could be a Jeffries deal where you get like a used uh, a used hoodie. I'm just kidding, but we'll work something out there. So tune in tomorrow uh, to learn about Emil Wagner, very talented young angler. Then Thursday, we are back with another live day four with Frank Scalish. Uh, and then Friday, Friday, we got an interesting guy day. We got uh, Julius Maisie, a 25-year-old who guides on Lake Pleasant through the hookup tackle out in Arizona. And uh, Julius has an interesting gig. He not only just takes people fishing to catch fish, but he also does a lot of like product testing slash guide trips. So it's kind of one of those deals where like if you want to test the driver and hit a around with the driver before you buy it well in fishing if you're going to spend eight to a thousand dollars in the hookup tackle specialized in a lot of expensive jdm tackle he allow like part of his he does a guide day where you can go out and throw these expensive baits with them use thousand dollar mega bass rods and all that and then go back to the store and buy them after you figured out what you like. So a cool guide day with Julius Maisie and then recording some shows for next week. I'm not going to be doing any live shows. Listen, Florida is a tough animal to tackle. And I want to be able to focus 100% on that open. So we are recording uh, with some big names for that last week of January and the first week of February. But for today, that's all we got. A little bit of a different show. Uh, Big shout out to uh, Luke Duckett, LBL. Thanks for jumping on. And we will see everybody tomorrow with Emil Wagner, Matt Florentino. Hey, let, let me ask you this. As you exit this video, if you're watching on uh, YouTube, go down and just hit the little thumbs up. That helps it get out to more people, puts it in there. I actually don't know how the hell it works, but it helps apparently. That's what I was told to do. So... Hit the thumbs up. Leave a comment. If you're listening on iTunes uh, or any of the other podcast platforms, your comments and star reviews help this show tremendously. That goes directly to sponsors. Uh, the feedback, the comments go to help you bring more. It was a combination of the feedback and the comments and the request from viewers for more shows that led to day five, which is an additional 30 to 40 shows in 2024. Uh, so keep those comments star reviews thumbs up comments on youtube much appreciated greatly appreciated and we will talk to everybody tomorrow see ya